what renovations should you be insisting your sellers make before listing their property that will increase the value and the speed in which their property sells? Well, stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. Today, is our monthly series called the Monday Market Minute with Carrie McCormick from the Carrie McCormick Real Estate Group with At Properties here in Chicago. Now, Carrie is a top 1% producer in Chicago with over 20 years of experience helping buyers, sellers, and investors. Uh, in fact, in the past 12 months, out of 44,000 real, actually 46,000 real estate agents in Chicago, uh, Carrie is actually ranked in the top I think, I think you're number 13 right now out of all of those agents. Um, she's a true superstar and an expert in everything from first-time homebuyers, veteran investors, and luxury properties. She also works with a lot of developers and is often chosen to represent their high-end developments. I actually live at a development that Carrie uh, represented, so I can vouch for that. Um, but please, please, please visit Carrie at her website, which is Carrie McCormick, R-E, com and also follow her on Instagram. She has an incredible Instagram account. She does it all herself, and that's at Carrie McCormick Real Estate. Carrie, welcome once again to the show. Thank you, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I um, I, I, I. It's funny. I was all I keep hearing about is inventory shortages from yes. everybody. I know. Um, and how. How is that going? Are you working with a lot of buyers these days? Are you working more with listings or? Yeah, you know, I um, I was saying too, it's, I think we're all getting tired of hearing the inventory shortage story and it's true and it's continuing. And, you know, typically in my career, I've always been um, a little bit more of a, what we call listing agent. You know, I've worked with primary sellers and um, over the last 24 months, you know, I've I have so many buyers and everybody does, you know, we're all in this hunting mode of looking for the sellers and, you know, really kind of expanding our networks. And, you know, I'm finding myself, you know, calling and emailing people and really, you know, someone said, describe yourself. I'm like, I'm a, I, I'm truly a hunter. I will go find, I will go find sellers. I'll go find people who want to sell their home. So um, just to kind of talk a little bit about Chicago and what we're experiencing, um, 
the amount of properties that were sold in February of 2022, I have to get my years right. The, the number of properties that were sold in Chicago is up 14% from February of 2021. Wow. So, you know, 2021, we thought was an incredible year, but so far, you know, our numbers are coming in extremely strong this year. And even though the pro- sold properties are up, um, this is hard to believe too, the inventory is down almost 30% from last year. So we've got this weird, you know, balancing act that we're trying to, to manage here. And on top of managing that, you know, managing everyone's expectations too. So, it, you know, it's, we're now in, I don't even know what month we're in, we're in March headed into April, you know, it's interest rates, as everyone knows, are starting to tick up. So we'll see how that affects our market. Has the interest rate adjustment um, which I now I was reading the Fed may make six adjustments this year. Um, so certainly interest rates are on the rise, which makes sense because they were at historic lows. But has that impacted your buyers at all? Where are, are have your have their um, what they're looking at their the range of of pricing has that changed at all? Is that scaled down for any of your uh, your buyers? Yeah, and I think it depends on what price point people are into. And, um, but absolutely, I call it their buying power. So, you know, just using a round number, if someone was going to, you know, last year purchase something for $500,000 and, you know, interest rates were in the threes and they bump up to the fours. Well, guess what? They cannot afford that $500,000 home anymore. Now their, their budget's, you know, 450 or, you know, whatever the numbers pull out of. So yes, it does definitely impact some of the buyers and, um, you know, they just, they have to pay more for the house now. So not only prices are up a little bit, interest rates are up a little bit. So it's definitely impacted. Yeah, and we haven't really seen a price correction from the listings, correct? Like there's still so many buyers that the prices are still probably higher uh, than than we would expect. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So um, one thing that I wanted to also talk about is just shifting away from the inventory, but just something kind of fun is Googling yourself. So I found the other day, I went to Google myself, the top or the fourth top Google search for my name was Carrie McCormick's husband. Huh. Isn't that funny? And the funny thing is, if you click on it, there's no pictures except, and if he's listening, Matt Silver, who's a good friend of mine, he's a broker. He was the president of Chicago Association of Realtors. And way back when we took a picture together, and when you when you Google Carrie McCormick's husband, he comes up. Oh, that's <laughs> so I funny. thought that was so funny, you know. So I sent I sent a screenshot to him, and I just said, you know, this just so you know, if anyone asks, this is what comes up when you say Carrie McCormick's husband. But anyways, as I you know was googling myself and just looking, um, it's just interesting, you know, how Google categorizes everything. And so you know, as part of our marketing, we have to manage our online reputation too. So just make sure every once in a while that you do you know, do a search and see what comes up. Um, what I also did, which was very helpful is Google allows you to set up a alert with your name. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've got an alert. So anytime either an article comes out or something is said, you know, with my name, I get a nice alert about it. So I can just, you know, manage what's out there and what's being said. And, you know, thank, thank goodness it's nothing negative, but you know, it's just nice to have an alert, even if something gets published, um, 
in a paper or something, you don't know that your name's being published. It's kind of nice to see that. So that's my tip to you is to make sure that you Google yourself and watch all of your, your online um, profile, make sure everything looks good. Yeah. It's, it's a really, there's some good, good tips there. So what you can do if you have a more unique name um, is type that into Google search and just see what starts to autofill. And then you were Mm -hmm. saying, you know, husband, for example, might autofill. Um, And you're like, okay, well, that's going to show up when anyone types my name. in. so I should probably look to see what results come back. And then, you know, you're seeing that it looks like, uh, you know, you're married to Matt Silver, which of course you aren't. And so then it's like, okay, well, I, you know, maybe I can figure out a way to correct that. You could write to the whoever owns that website and say, hey, I think this is inaccurate or whatever. Um, and so there, there certainly can, you know, that that is important because even in referrals, I'm pretty sure Google their realtor, right? Even the everybody ones that are, does. Yeah. everybody does. Yeah, yeah. everybody does. Absolutely. And, and setting up alerts is a really good idea. So it, just as a funny sort of story, I, my name, again, it, my name actually isn't DJ Paris. I mean, that is what I go by, but my name is really Delphin Paris is, is the D is for Delphin. The J is Joaquin. So it's a very unusual name, but because nobody calls me that I have an alert set up on Google for DJ Paris, which I set up a long time ago and everyone should set this up. But in my case, just as a funny story, there is a famous DJ called DJ Paris, and it's actually Paris Hilton, the uh, the heiress to, or I don't know if she's actually the heiress, but you know, of the Hilton family. Sure. So she actually goes by DJ Paris. So I end up getting all of her alerts because if I put Delphin Paris, you know, I would never get an alert because nobody calls me that. So, but it is funny. So I, I know everything about Paris Hilton's life accidentally <laughs> only because we have, she uses the name DJ Paris because she is a DJ, which a lot of people don't know. That's so um, funny. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, uh, it, but it is a good idea. And I'll tell you uh, this. So that was just a cute story, but this actually just happened a few days ago. So it's really, uh, apropos to what you were just mentioning. I, we have an alert. So I work at kale realty. So I have an alert set for kale realty. Anytime, you know, news comes up, um, at properties, which is where Carrie works, I'm sure has, they have a whole PR department. So they're watching that stuff too. Well, we had one of our agents at kale was just, um, featured in a cranes article for a home that he sold in Edison park, which was a apparently a big deal. I didn't even know he had sold this home in, in Edison Park. And, you know, I guess our operations team knew about it because they processed the deal, but we didn't know about it. And Cranes thought it was a big enough deal to write about. And yeah. as a as a result, um, the only reason we knew about it was because we set the alert up. And then we were able to send, uh, his name is John, and I sent John a copy of the article. And I was like, hey, John, just I'm assuming you already know this, but Cranes wrote did a little blurb, blurb about you and, and this, this sale. And he goes, he said, you know, I, they, they said they might, but he, they did. They never told me really that they were going to. And the, one of the funny things is he said, well, um, they actually didn't ask permission to use this particular photo of the property. So he, he was sort of laughing about the fact that, you know, that he didn't get, per, that he didn't get permission to use the photo. But the point is, is like, he didn't even know that right. that had been published. So, um, and, and, you know, it, I don't know if he's going to send that article around to his clients and friends. And and I don't know, maybe, maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't, but we certainly from a brokerage level, we were like, Hey, then we, we made a big deal about it to all of our brokers. Like, Hey, look at one of our agents is in the news. How exciting. And um, that's something that if you're on a team or if you're, uh, you know, even if you just set up your company name or just realtors in general, setting up alerts for that kind of information, it's a great way to make friends in the industry um, and, and really, you know, celebrate everyone's successes and be able to reach out and, 
um, you know, and say, hey, I saw your article in such and such, uh, you know, publication and congratulations. And, and that stuff really does go a long way in, in building friendships and relationships. And, and maybe that maybe that sort of helps tip the scale sometimes in a multiple offer situation where all of a sudden they're like, Oh, Carrie, uh, you know, she has submitted an offer and yeah, she called me the last time I had was published in this art. You know, it, it doesn't hurt, I guess is the point, um, to, uh, to, to, you know, celebrate other people. So I, I think that's such a, such a great idea. Um, I have a, a suggestion and I wanted Carrie, because I don't practice real estate. So um, I really want to get your, your opinion on this. So I had a, my marketing tip for the week had to do around uh, home anniversaries. And it was really funny because Carrie and I were talking just before we started recording. Um, and I said, oh, I want to talk a little bit about home anniversaries or homeversaries. And Carrie says, oh, this is really uh, funny because you had just um, actually ordered some cards. So yep, she's showing them right now. If you're listening, you won't see them, but she has these really cute cards that say happy home anniversary. Um, so you'll be sending those out to people that uh, have bought homes, I'm assuming. Uh, do you do them for sales, uh, sales as well or just purchases? You know, I... You know, every year I like to call people and I just really and or send them a little gift. And I just I was browsing around um, online and I saw these really cute cards and I didn't know home anniversary or they started calling them home home anniversary or something like yeah. that. I'm like, yeah. that's not even a real word. But, you know, these cards were so cute. And um, um, there was a gal that was hand making them. And I thought, you know, again, to support like a local business or small business. I thought it'd be a great idea. And um, so now I'm going to just start sending these cards out. I think it's such a cute idea. Yeah. And it's something that I know as, uh, you know, as, as just myself, I know I don't have people ask, when did you move in? And it was only like a year ago. And I'm like, I March, I think I, like, I honestly don't even remember when I moved into my place. So um, I suspect most people don't maybe retain, you know, the specific date that they move in or close on a property. And this is a great opportunity to just remind people about that special day and um, you know, what it's like to, you know, get the keys and, and you can do it through, through a, you know, card or a bottle of wine or whatever, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, gift wise, if there even needs to be a gift. But I would say one thing that that would be something I would include would be, um, or maybe I'd send it out a week later or something, but, um, I'd also want to give them uh, an updated comp. I would want them to say, Hey, you know, if, if, you know, here's what I'm seeing in your area. Um, and if, you, if anything's changed for you, let us know. And here's what your home, you know, may be worth right now. Right. Um, that is something that I think a lot of homeowners just don't really think about until they need to think about it until they're like, oh, we are thinking of moving. Mm -hmm. But I think if I knew that my home had appreciated a certain amount and it was a legitimate thing where I was like, ooh, I could make some money, then, you know, I, I personally wouldn't probably move, but I know probably there would be people that would. And so I think that's a great thing. And I don't think most people are hitting up Zillow and looking at the estimates as often as realtors may think, because we live in that world. Um, so it might be something that your clients just aren't really thinking about and you can bring it to their attention and maybe, you know, help facilitate, um, that conversation if they start to realize, wow, there's an opportunity here. I think that's a great idea. And one other thing I'd like, another tip I'd like to put out there is a lot of times when I'm meeting with a seller about selling their home, you know, we walk through the home and they say, you know, what improvements can I make? to, you know, get the best ROI on my home, you know, mm -hmm. and so we go through a list of it, but a nice consultation to clients 
you know, if they've been in the house for three years, maybe they had, you know, a five, seven year plan is, is meet with them on year three and say, okay, you know, I know, you know, have your plans changed? Are you thinking of selling in maybe two, three, four years from now? And if the answer is yes, it's like, let's start talking about, you know, you mentioned the kitchen renovation, you mentioned the bathroom renovation, you know, the landscaping, you know, why don't you start that now? And so you can enjoy it, right? And the time that you come to sell your home, it's already done and you're not scrambling at the last minute, you know, trying to get things improved. So, you know, come together as a, as more of a, consultation about what can they do to improve the home. So the time that they're ready to sell, um, it's done and ready to go. Are there any rooms that are usually wins for an, a return on investment? And are there any that are usually n- not worth doing if you're looking for a return on investment? Are there any just, I know it could be anything and there, there's a million variables in place, but general rule of thumb, um, are there any rooms where you're like, usually that's a yes, or usually that's a no? Well, I think it's going to be the usual suspects, right? You think of your kitchen and baths as number one, right? Um, Landscaping, like your curb appeal is becoming so important. Windows are becoming important as well. Um, Roofs are important. Gosh, I don't know. It just seems like it's a little bit of everything. I'm just trying to think if there's anything I've said no to. Um, You know, maybe you know, washers and dryers, you know, stuff like that, that can be easily replaced. You got to think about from a buyer's perspective, when a buyer comes in the home, they want it to be perfect and they want to be able to move right in and not have any big capital expenses like a roof or, um, you know, furnace or something like that. So those are big tickets. If it's something that's easily can, that can be changed, like again, a washer and dryer, let's say, um, you know, I wouldn't focus on that. One thing I read, which was very interesting is one of the the biggest thing people are looking for is the entrance, like their front door, Mm. you know, of just like that is setting the tone of walking in the house, you know, so if you have chipped paint on your front door, if it's banged up for whatever reason, you know, it just is a buyer approaches the home and the property, it really gives an impression of how well that home has been maintained and how welcoming it is. And it just sets a, a, a tone and you know, not that I never thought about that, but I just didn't realize that that kind of snuck up on the ranks of top things to improve upon is your front door. Yeah, it is sort of the first thing that once you take in the overall um, entirety of a property, just visually, like you see it from the street, you, you you see everything and then you sort of narrow in, I guess, at least I do, I narrow in on the front door. I don't know why I do that. Maybe because that's the entry point and just sort of makes sense to think about that. But you're right. I think about it and I do evaluate it in a weird way. I don't, well, I, I there don't you go. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm a snob about it, but I do, I guess I notice it as the point. And if it's really unique or interesting or cool, um, then I go, Ooh, look at that. They, they, you know, did something. And if it's maybe if it is banged up a little, then I do have a slight negative thought about it. Like, why don't they fix that up? Um, so that's a really good point is, is keep those front doors, uh, looking great as, as, as well as the entire outside. Um, that's, yeah, it's it, it is we live in this like Instagram world where in particular, this Instagram perfect world where we can make things that aren't look that don't look good look good on screen. But then if the person shows up and everything's been filtered to death, it's it's going to be a letdown. And and I I I see it with some of these photos that um some of the photography studios do when they're shooting homes. And they just make the sky a little too perfect and the grass a little too green and everything's just pops a little bit too much. 
And it's like, it looks cool and it's very enticing, but it's not going to look like that when they get out of, you know, if it's a rainy day, it's not going to look like that. And even on a sunny day, it's not going to look like that. So I always think maybe we're doing ourselves a little bit of a disservice by making every picture look a little too perfect. I'm curious what you think. Like online dating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You never want somebody to show up to the first date and go, oh, that's what you look like. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you want them to go, like- you you look just like, it's like the greatest compliment you can ever get when you're dating is you look just like your photos because yeah. um, that's the person that is, that's the person that the person's going to fall in love with. So you might as well. But I, I wonder if that applies. Do you, do you see that as well? Sometimes like they put clouds in the skies yeah. and, and sometimes these these photos just, they don't even look real. Yeah. You got to be careful with them. And, you know, there are enhancements that I think enhance, you know, like a sky or a tree or something, but if you're really changing the integrity of the home and what really, what it looks like, I think that's a big no, no. And I've been with buyers that we walk into a home and they are let down, you know, because they're in their mind, they were expecting, you know, certain look, you know, and then they walk in and it's not at all what it looks like in the pictures. So, yeah. So tip there is don't, don't overdo it. Um, it doesn't have to look perfect. It just has to look really good. Right. Um, and it also has to look really good when they step out of the car. And, and the, so it needs to be uh, pretty similar, I would say. Um, uh, but um, yeah, so those are our tips for the week. So we talked about, um, obviously, we just talked about sort of uh, photography. We also talked about home gifts. We talked about Google alerts. And also, you know, this is a great time too, uh, where everybody's is really stressed. Um, this is a good time too to ask for reviews as is you're looking at your online reputation. Um, there is no shame in reaching out to a previous client and saying something to the effect via email or text or even a phone call and saying, hey, um, you know, I, I know I, I felt like we had a really great experience. If you, you know, have any time, um, if you would love to share you know, mm-hmm. with, with the public, your experience of working with me, I would really appreciate that. That really helps me out. Um, and I suspect, uh, most people would want to do that. I know I would want to do that anytime, even if a restaurant, um, I always think restaurants miss the boat. The restaurants never ask you to do that. And I always think like, whenever I have a good experience, I, I would be happy to do that for anybody. Um, I got to eat more than anything. And I'm always surprised that nobody ever says, Hey, if you had a good experience, you know, go on Google and leave us a review, but nobody does that. Um, but I think you can ask for that. I think it's okay to ask for that. Um, Absolutely. and, uh, and, and people are going to read that stuff. So you might as well, uh, try to try to get some in there. Um, but you probably have to ask because usually I think people aren't thinking about writing a review unless they're, you know, over the moon overjoyed. And there's somebody who likes to write reviews or they're really angry and there's somebody that likes to write reviews. So, um, and I think, you know, you're, there's going to be angry ones written about every business and every person at some point in someone's career. So you should also maybe stack the deck in an ethical way by asking your clients who like you to also talk about their experiences. And we, we started doing this at our company um, where we, we had way to really think about this because we didn't want to upset our agents. So a couple of years ago, I, I finally said, you know, we would ask our agents, please ask your agents or please ask your clients to write reviews. And, and nobody ever did um, because, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. Maybe I, I, I sort of understand that. So I said, well, we're going to just ask every single client once they close, like, you know, within the next month, Hey, could you please let us know how your agent did? And, um, 
I, I let our agents know that we were going to do that. Nobody seemed to have a problem with it. So we started doing that. And we went from, I think we had like 50 reviews before we started asking. Now we have like almost 400. Oh and once in a while you do get a one-star review. It happens. It actually just happened to us a couple of days ago. Um, and it's actually good for us to know that because then we could reach out to that agent and say, Hey, just FYI, this person wrote this. Um, is there anything we can do to fix this? Is there, you know, and it, it happens, but right almost all the reviews have been five-star and it's like, oh yeah, because you know, we, we have really great agents. Of course, a Carrie is a great agent and her company has great agents as well. So, um, I think you can ask for it and people seem to be really excited about that. So, um, definitely ask. And if you don't want to do it, cause you feel like it's maybe self-serving, ask your managing broker to do it. Ask your managing broker to reach out to your clients and get reviews on your behalf. That's nothing wrong with that either. You in fact, what? in some I ways it's kind of easier. They don't want to do it. Right. But I, you're right. I think nine out of 10, well, probably 10 out of 10. I mean, they do, 10 they, out of 10, they, yeah. they do, they do like to uh, write a review for you. So definitely need to ask though. Yeah. And with inventory shortages, we're just going to keep trying. We're going to get creative. Um, and, and I know, you know, we talk about that a lot. And so we won't mention any more of that today, but, um, but getting creative is, is, is important. And so this is a good time to, to build those friendships with other realtors who might have some listings that aren't yet on the MLS, or maybe they're in a private listing network and, you know, aren't even there yet. And, you know, you can start to get, you know, more, uh, access to some of that stuff before it gets sold. So, all right. Well, I, I think that's a, a great place to wrap. Um, yeah. On behalf of everyone listening, we want to thank you for, uh, thank Carrie for her time. Um, she is incredibly busy. Gosh, I don't, I don't, don't even know how many homes you've already sold this year. Uh, dozens and dozens, I, I, I assume. Um, and it is, uh, so Carrie is very busy and she is, takes the time every month to come on our show. We're so grateful. And if anyone out there is looking to work with a top Chicago real estate agent, she works in the city, the suburbs, she, she's everywhere and she's been doing it for over 20 years. She has one of the best reputations of, of any realtor really in the area. Uh, they should reach out to you. Or if you're an agent who has somebody moving to the Chicagoland area, you don't service this area, another great person to reach out to as a referral. So Carrie, what's the best way someone should reach out to you? Always call me 312-961-4612. And, and we should mention that you do not have this big, incredible team, which most of the people in your peer group who are at the level you are at, in fact, I can't really think of any exceptions to this, although there may be, but maybe just one or two, um, they all have big teams and you're really doing this all yourself. So she, when she says she gives out her phone number, it's because she's the one answering the calls and, and taking care of everything. And she does it very, very well. Um, so congratulations, of course, Thank on you. all your continued success. Um, and uh, we would like to ask everybody just to help us out. Two quick things. Please tell a friend. Think of one other realtor that could benefit from hearing uh, our podcast and let them know about our show. And then also, please, please leave us a review. I will ask for reviews because it helps us learn not only what we can do better, but also helps us get more listeners because, you know, the different podcast uh, directories prioritize shows that have reviews. So, let us know what you think. Uh, whatever podcast app you're listening, you know, give us a review. Um, we really appreciate it and it helps us continue to grow. So okay. that's all I got for this week um, or this month rather. So on behalf of Carrie and myself, we want to thank the audience for continuing to support our show and we will see everybody next time. Thanks, awesome. Carrie. Thank you. Uh -oh.